This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Just about in the barn, isn't it? Wow, it goes by so quickly. But you know, uh, I have expectation. You have expectation? Are you hanging on to those expectations? Did you, you got them in your Bible or somewhere where you can see them, where you can be reminded, where you can continue to, to pray over them and let them percolate and speak the Word of God, man, and let them put down some roots and begin to sh- put forth some shoots and buds and fruit. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, today we're going to wrap up our series on move on. You know, this is what God spoke to my heart uh, about, especially for Passion Church this year. And, you know, we looked over there in Exodus where Israel was between a rock and a hard place, so to speak. And yet God says, okay, it's time to move on. Don't just pray about the situation. He said, it's time to move on. So we've looked at some things of moving on, uh, you know, from our past, from failures, from, from the last two years of COVID and all that kind of stuff and fear and moving on from our failures, moving on from our hurts and our woundedness and a lot of different things. And so today we're going to wrap it up talking about how to move on. How do, how do I move on? Uh, look in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. You know, as we make that decision to move on, that doesn't mean that the road's just going to be a red carpet and all cushy and smooth. Amen. When God spoke to Israel to move on, they were facing the obstacle of the Red Sea, and behind them was Pharaoh's army. So when he said move on, it looked like move on where? Move on to heaven? (laughs) I mean, where are we moving to, God? Because it doesn't look good. But listen, in every situation, and we'll see that as we look at uh, our lesson today, that, that w- there's always a way and a, a, a place to move on. When God says move on, that means I can. See, I don't look at things around me to see if I can obey God. See, a lot of people, they look at their circumstances and they weigh that between what God said and what the circumstances says, and if the circumstances permit them, they obey especially when it comes to their money. Oh, me. I knew a preacher was going to go there. All right, 18, 1 Kings 18, 21. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? It's a good question, isn't it? If the Lord is God, follow Him. Well, that makes sense. But if Baal... Or something else, whatever it might be, Baal is God, follow him. Now, here's the thing. But the people said nothing. Boy, that's right up to date, isn't it? It's hard to get people to commit sometimes. You know, they, they, you know I, I remember, what was it, uh, an Irishman was telling this story about, you know, uh, the, you know the, the Catholic priest come to, you know, he was dying to minister the last rites, and he said, he said uh, O'Reilly, do you renounce Satan? He said, no. He said, O'Reilly, do you renounce Satan? He said, no. He said, 
Why do you say no? He said, because. He said, you know, when I die, you know, I'm going to, just in case. <laughs> you know, well, you know, we need to have it a made-up mind, don't we? We need to have absolute confidence and faith in God that whatever He has said to do, when He says to move on, we can move on. I don't look to somebody else's opinion. I don't look what the talking heads say. I don't look at the economy. I don't look at any of that stuff. You know what? If God says I can, I can. If God says I should, then I should. If God says I must, then I must. You know, I read through here, and it's very... Can you remember where God just gave a suggestion in the Scriptures? All I can remember is commands. You say, oh, but, but God loves us. I know, that's why He gave us the commands, because Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. What is His commandments? We're going to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all my mind, with all our strength, with all our possessions. With all our time, with all... He said, so here's the thing. You know, you've got to make a faith decision to move on. If not today, it's coming. Hello? See, you, you may, you know, we go through this series and we're in here and the presence of God and the anointing of God and we're like, yeah, you know, but you get out there and it's Tuesday morning your car won't crank. You got a flat tire. Come on. You go to work. And your boss is just, I mean, you wonder what and who is this and where is my boss? I mean, you know, they just, you know, <laughs> if you've got a wonderful boss, of course, you know. But, you know, that doesn't mean that everything is going to go just right for us, does it? There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be things in our way. So we have to make a faith decision, and this is how I define a faith decision. A faith decision is one that breaks the inertia of indecision. See, these people were in indecision. I mean, they, I mean, you know, what, what did Jesus say over their revelations? He said, I would that you were either hot or cold. I mean, in or out. Make a decision. Uh, come on. He said, he said, because, I mean, he don't like lukewarm, does he? This is where these people were. They, they were in a, a, a place of indecision. And I'm going to tell you, that's where you get hurt. I remember playing football many years ago in high school. And the coach would always tell you, one thing you learned real quick is if you're, out on, if you're, on, you're in the game or you're at, in scrimmage at practice, I'm telling you what, if you stand around, you're going to get hurt. Because while you stand around, somebody's going to come mow you down. And I want to tell you what, spiritually, there's a lot of truth to that. If you're in indecision and you're just waiting around for the, you know, well, you know, uh, I'm going to tell you what, you know, the devil's going to, you know, he's going to eat your lunch and pop your bag. Some of you young folk don't know what that is. You used to have to carry a sack lunch in a paper bag. And and I don't know, maybe times have changed, but back when I went to school, there was always a bully. Because, see, they didn't automatically promote you back in my day. You had to actually make the grade. So sometimes there'd be, a, there'd be somebody, there'd be, yeah, there'd be some boys in our class that, you know, we're in the third grade and they should be in the fifth. And they was a whole lot bigger. <laughs> and, man, they, and they, 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 they knew how to use it. 
Man, they check your lunch, see what you had. You had anything good in there? It's gone. You know, if you tried to stand up to them, I mean, you know, they're a head taller than you. But see, the enemy, he's, that's the way he's, he's, he's a bully. And circumstances and fear and all these things we've already talked about will try to bully you. So you have to get out of the place of indecision and get, break the inertia of that and make a faith decision. And the reason I emphasize faith decision, because it will look like many times that that's not a good decision. I mean, when God told them, okay, here's the thing, the Red Sea's there, go forward. That did not seem like a smart move. I mean, you know, we got kids, we got little ones, we got babies, we got carts, we got food. How are we going to get all, we ain't got no boats. I mean, we ain't even got a raft. And they're out there in Sinai, and there's not a whole lot of trees to make them from. And so there'll be times when you, you have to make a faith decision. If God says it, I can do it. If God says it, I can do it. He's no respecter of persons. So that's the first point I want to make. If we're going to move on, how to move on, make a decision. Stop procrastinating and excuse-making. Boys, human beings, we're good at this, aren't we? And I include me in this. We're, we're good at this. It's human nature. We procrastinate. I mean, you know, especially when it don't look like this is the smartest move to make. I mean, you know, kind of like the guy, you know, he was praying and God said to do something. And he said, uh, is there anybody else up there? I'd like to get a second opinion. Well, God doesn't go in for second opinions, does he? God doesn't need a second opinion. <laughs> Amen. When God says do it, we do it. And so we need to understand that. Look over, if you will, in the, in the uh, Luke's gospel. Procrastination and, and excuse-making really is, it's really about, a lot of it's about fear. And a lot of it's about we just don't want to. As you ever, now I know you're all holy, so... And you probably never had this happen to you like I have when God told you to do something and initially you didn't want to. Hello. Maybe one or two of you, huh? <laughs> you know, He don't always t t ask you to do something that you just jump up and down and go, hoorah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Luke 14. Let's pick it up at about verse 16. Jesus said, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. First said, I just bought a field. I must go and see it. You bought a field and didn't look at it? Before you bought it? Boy, that's, he's dumber than a brick, isn't he? I mean, you buy a piece of property without even looking at it. And if you had looked at it, I mean, it's not, who's going to steal your, you ever heard, heard of anybody stealing a, a field? How do you do that? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's going to be there, right? The same amount of land, is, it's still here. But see, that's, see, that's what our excuse, see, when we make them, they sound rational sometimes to us. But the real truth is, either they had their own self-interest ahead of the master's self-interest, 
Hello? It's a matter of priority, isn't it? Thank you. <clears throat> he, said, he said, I must go see it. Please excuse me. Another one said, I just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. He bought five yoke of oxen, and he didn't even test drive them before he bought them? I find that hard to believe. That's a pretty big investment, five yoke. That's ten, ten oxen. That's a pretty big investment. And you didn't even test drive the things before you bought them? How you know they, they will even, you know, have even been broken to plow? They might, I mean, you know, you might hook them up to your pile, and they, five of them go this way and five of them go that way. No, I guarantee you, before you're going to put that kind of investment in, he's going to get behind the plow. He's going to see if these things are broken in. That, I, you know, maybe some of them are lame. Half of them are blind. I mean, he just buy. See, but I say this, see, because a lot of times, see, our excuses, they, we try to make them sound, you know. I mean, you understand, don't you? Well, yeah, I do, but I'm not sure if God does. Because it's about priorities. To move on, it's going to, listen, there will always be an excuse of why not to do what God said. There will. I'm just being honest. It's true. It's true, it's true for preachers and it's true for everybody. It's tr- just the way it is. You know? We sold the property over there in Monticello. You think I was jumping up and down about that? We were meeting over in AUM. Oh, that was just a thrill. Come on. <laughs> See, it's not always convenient. And and here's the thing. We need to understand today, the Bible says, is a day of salvation. Now faith is. Today, we need to make a faith decision. We stop procrastinating. We stop putting it off. We stop saying, you know, as soon as I, boy, I tell you what, Pastor, as soon as I get these kids raised, there'll be something else. As soon as I get my finances in order, there'll be something else. As soon as I get my house paid off, boy, I'm going to be in there. There'll be something else. That's just life. That's the way life is. There'll always be something that says, this is not a good time. This is not a good decision to make. Hello? So we decide, and listen, we are deciding because these people, a no decision was a decision, wasn't it? And that, it says they were silent. They didn't say a word. Well, maybe if I don't say nothing, I won't make God or the devil mad. (laughs) Amen. We're talking about moving on. All right, turn over to Hebrews. Let's expand on this just a little bit. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. Notice he said, Throw it off. He didn't say, let it just slide off. No, you got to throw, something you got to throw off. Oh, man. You know, when I, when I was young growing up, you know, we didn't have the bug zappers and all those things. We, we used to have the fly paper. Y'all remember that? It hung down, you know, it was real sticky. And I mean, man, I mean, it was some kind of sticky. If you, <laughs> you try to get Get that thing off of either hand. It was hard. Step on it with your foot and it stick to your foot. You know, some things are like that. They just, they just stick to us. 
I mean, what sticks to me may not stick to you. And you, you have to work. You have to throw it off. You have to throw it off. You have to throw off those excuses. You have to throw off that rationale. You have to throw off that fear. You have to throw off those things. Because if you don't, you know, he says they're going to hinder you. Amen? You ever seen anybody run a race in an overcoat? Can you just see? I can just see the Olympics. You know, everybody gets out there, and everybody else has got on. You know, they got on those, those shorts, you know, and they don't even have sleep. I mean, it's just a tank top. You know, the lightest shoes. I mean, they got the least amount of weight on them they can. And somebody else comes out there, and they got on their kaloshes and their overcoat. They get in the starting blocks. Well, you're going to put all your money on them, right? And see, we wonder sometimes, why is it that it seems like certain Christians, I mean, they just they don't seem to be making progress. They're good people. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not criticizing anybody. But, you know, they just don't seem to make progress. Things just seem to hang on them, you know. They're trying to run the race with the overcoat and cautious on. And two or three changes of clothes under that. No wonder you can't run the race. Amen? He said, you've got to throw off those things that would hinder you. He, see, he said, and sins. So there are weights and sins. Sins should be obvious. Amen? We shouldn't be caught with sins anymore when we're caught with drugs. Come on. Thank you for your enthusiasm. So we, but it, it, you know, the sins are obvious, but it's the way sometimes that hinder us. That trip, he goes on to say, he said, that hinders us in a sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Did you know there's a race marked out for you? Not just for preachers, but there's a race marked out, he said, for each one of us. We're running a race. How are we running? If we're running with sin and with weights, I guarantee you, you're not running very well. You get tripped up. Sins will trip you up. Weights will hold you back. Sins will trip you up. Weights will hold you back. You know, and sometimes, you know, a weight can just be, you know, all of our free time is for me. Don't have any for God. Oh, yeah, I went there, didn't I? Well, Pastor, I work hard all week. Man, I just, I just need my free time. Well, I agree. You need some free time. Nobody arguing about that. But you know, God needs His time. Don't, don't steal God's time any more than you steal God's money. Amen. We don't steal from God. I mean, you know, will a man rob God? That's, you know, no. may try to, but you won't, you won't get by robbing God. So here's the thing, we need, to, we need to set priorities, because if you don't, the weights can hold you back. Amen? Uh, you know, I know we've got uh, in, in our congregation here, those watching uh, online, you know, we've got a lot of people, you've got uh, a lot of degrees, higher degrees. I mean, you, you do, and I applaud you for that. And isn't it amazing? I mean, you hardly put any time in on that. You just, you just kind of... Went to class 10 or 15 minutes a week, and before you knew it, man, you had a master's degree or Ph.D. I mean, I just applaud you. I don't know how you did that. Hey, those of you who got the higher degrees, you're nodding your head. <laughs> it was work, wasn't it? It took some effort, didn't it? It took some prioritizing, didn't it? 
Well, do you think we're going to grow spiritually and run our race, you know, by just giving it 10 or 15 minutes a week? Well, I come to church sometimes. And I listen most of the time. I don't understand why I'm not growing. Well, come on, use your brain. Use that brain that you've developed in other areas. Use it spiritually. I mean, it takes some effort. You, it's not automatic. You have, you have to work at it. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, real quickly, moving along. No God is with you. I know this one's simple, but you know, one thing I've found at, at 40 years of ministry and longer than that as a Christian, that, you know, people tend to forget. God bless you. People, people tend to forget this when the pressure's on. I mean, the pressure's on and people, I mean, you can just, you see it in their face. They look like they're all in it all by themselves. Oh, my. And you hear them talk. Oh, my. God. They're going under. They're going to lose everything. They don't know what they're going to do. I don't understand why this happened to me. I thought God loved me. I mean, they don't know that God's with them. They forgot. I said they forgot. And, you know, in, 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 when the, the pressure's on and everything's on, it's real easy to forget God's with you. You need to know that. You need to spend time enough on a daily basis to know that God is with you. Some people are more aware of their problems and their circumstances than they are aware of God's presence. Hello. Listen. Stop listening to the devil's voice and start listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. How does the devil speak to you? Thoughts of fear, doubt, unbelief, condemnation, guilt, accusing you, accusing God. Well, God ain't going to do it this time. God don't love you. God loved you. This wouldn't have happened to you. Come on. And see, and what we'll do, we'll swallow that hook, line, and sinker. And I know you do because you repeat it back. I want to know that devil confession. So if that's the way the devil speaks to you, then how does the Holy Spirit speak to you? He speaks to you from the Word. He speaks to you from the promises of God. He speaks to you about the character of God, about the finished work of Jesus at Calvary, about how the enemy's defeated. He's under your feet. You're the head, not the tail. I mean, that's, see, when you, you cultivate that, you're cultivating the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then faith will grow in leaps and bounds. And you know what? You'll be able to look the Red Sea, your Red Sea, whatever it is, right in the face. It don't matter if God has to split you. You're going to split. I'm either going through or I'm going on top. I sure ain't going under. That under stuff is the devil's talk. He lives down under. And I'm not talking about Australia either. <laughs> no, God is with you. Know that. Feed your expectations and starve your doubts. So many people get that in reverse. Man, you know, and, and you know, a lot of those people, when you start talking to them, you know, say what God says. Well, that just don't feel natural. That's because you've been driving your car in reverse so long you think it's normal. You saw that D and you thought that meant dumb. No, it's drive. Put it in drive. Hey, man, it's going to seem weird. You know, I've told you this before, but I remember one time we were vacation. We were down in the Bahamas, 
and I'd always wanted to try this, so we rented a car. And, of course, you know, in Bahamas, it's part of the British Commonwealth. So, you know, you drive on the left-hand side of the road, you know, and the, and the steering wheel and everything's on the right-hand side. So you shift with this one. You know, you wouldn't think that was a big deal. And, and it wasn't so bad when you're going straight. It's when you're making the turns that seem so weird. I mean, and then he's over there, <laughs> white knuckling, <laughs> you know, every time I'd make a turn, hoping I wouldn't forget, you know, that it was the opposite way. But, you know, many believers, it's that way all of a sudden. See, they, they've driven on the wrong side of the road for so long. When they get back on the right side, it seems strange at first. It's, it doesn't seem, I, do, I don't feel comfortable. Well, just hang in there. You will. You were made to live by faith. You were made to live by faith, not by doubt, not by fear. You were made to live by faith. The justified, and that's you, justified shall live by faith. By faith. That's the right side of the road. <laughs> With all apologies to our British friends. <laughs> but, you know, we drive on the right side of the road. You need to know that. So feed your expectations. I just don't understand why, you know, this is not working for me. Well, I, I, I'll be glad to diagnose it for you. It's not working because you're not working it. Hello? What's the Bible say? Let God be true. So if you say it don't work, God says it does work. You know, don't don't try to find a loophole in there. <laughs> Amen. He said, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. The pioneer. Your faith came because of Jesus. Your faith. He gave you a measure of faith. And now he says he's, he wants to perfect it. He wants that faith to be perfected. Well, you have to use it for it to be perfected. If you go bury it like the man did who had the one talent, there's no increase. You remember how that turned out? It sure didn't sound good. I mean, I'm not going to try to say, you know, what all it was. But, you know, when he got it taken away from him and, he called him a wicked servant. That don't sound like it turned out too good. Looking steadfastly at Jesus. He said, looking to Jesus. How do you do that? The Word and the Holy Spirit in you. The Word and the Spirit always agree. Amen. The Word and the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never tell you something that doesn't agree with this Bible. If you hear, you know, it's just, you, you get a thought or something that tells you something that don't agree with this, then you say, get thee behind me, Satan. Amen? Because he's going to agree with it. Now, he'll show you things you didn't know was in there. Come on. It, but here again, not if you're not spending any time in it. You know, he's not just going to drop it down. You are a special case. He's just going to come down, going to send an angel down, and angel's going to sit down at your table and tell you everything you need to do. He's already told you. So here's the thing. 
So what do you do when your progress is hindered? Because there's going to be hindrances. Look in uh, Thessalonians there, First uh, Thessalonians. Some people think, you know, if everything doesn't go just smoothly, I must have missed it. Hello? You ever had that thought? You ever had somebody that had that thought try to give that thought to you? <laughs> I tell you, be real careful about whose thought you take. Amen. Yeah, you don't have to take every thought that's presented, whether by the devil or by anybody else. Amen. Try the thoughts. <laughs> Amen. See if they be of God. Here, notice here, First, uh, first Thessalonians chapter 2. How many of you believe Paul was a man of God? Verse 18. He said, For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, I, Paul did, again and again, but Satan blocked our way. Well, I'll tell you, poor old Paul, bless his heart. He just had enough faith. The devil couldn't have done anything. He just had enough faith. Everything would have gone right. I mean, if, if, you, if, you, if we look at that theology that if you've got enough faith, nothing will ever go bad for you, Paul didn't have any. He was beaten with rods. He was stoned. He, was, he had 39 lashes several times. He was shipwrecked. He was put in prison. Bless his heart, Paul gets saved. <laughs> See, that's the silliest thing in the world, isn't it? It's silly. No, there's going to be opposition because what? We live in a fallen world. There's still demonic powers. Yes, Jesus has defeated them, but they will still try to hinder you. They will try to hinder you. So what do we do when your progress is hindered? Well, I have a suggestion over here from the Word, not my suggestion. You don't need my opinion. As I said, opinions are like noses. Everybody's got one. Acts 16. I think we get an intimation of some things we can do when your progress is hindered. Now listen. Now notice... Over there in, in Exodus, remember that the Israelites, their progress was hindered, wasn't it? The Red Sea in front of them, Pharaoh's army behind them. There was definitely some hindrances there. And so they're praying, they're crying out to God, and God says, stop praying and get moving. See, when we come up against a hindrance, there's a time to pray, but there's a, a lot of people go down praying. So how can you go down praying? Because you, there's some other things you need to do too. All right, Acts 16. You know the story. Paul and Silas, they're put in prison. They've been, first they're beaten. Then they're put in prison. Bless their heart. They only had faith. <laughs> so here they are. It's in verse 22. It says, the, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. The magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. Boy, if that happened to most Christians nowadays, they'd never be back at church. Lord have mercy. They, they, listen, they'd start a blog or a vlog. Woo! Tell them about how God let them down, God failed them, God, you know. God wants everybody to be beat with rods. After they had been severely, severe, everybody say severely, severely flogged they were thrown into prison well you think you had a bad day 
And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. I mean, I think if you've been manhandled by a big crowd and then severely flogged, I don't think you're too big a threat. But anyway, they put him in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. I want you to try to, as much as you can, imagine that. Put into the innermost cell after being severely beaten with rods. You ever had anybody? I'm, listen, now I'm old school. Not that I did this for my kids, but I'm talking about growing up. Man, when we, you know, it was either daddy's belt or mama's switch. Boy, that's, that's kind of like, you know, the frying pan or the fire. I mean, that's, whew, that's a hard decision to make. You know, I can remember dad take that, he'd take that belt off, and, you know, you were a kid, that thing looked like it was this long coming out. Woo! You know, but then mom, if dad wasn't around, mom would make you go pick a switch. Some of y'all laughing, y'all know what I'm talking about. Man, and I can remember, man, woo, just that switch. And I mean, it was just a switch, boy, did it hurt. It'll leave marks on your leg. I know, I know, some of you. I'll tell you what, it, you got the point. <laughs> I'll tell you that. But can you imagine being beaten with rods? You talk about leaving a mark. They beat you all over your head, your, your shins, your chin. You ever got, you ever bumped your shin on something can you make that? I mean, they are beating you severely. Then you're put in jail. Your feet are in stocks. You can't get comfortable. Your back's bleeding. You got knots all over your head. I'm just, I just want you to see this clearly. About midnight, Paul and Silas, they were praying. Well, that was good. Singing hymns to God, and the other pers- pr- prisoners were listening to them. They prayed, and they also, what? They prayed, and they praised. They sang praises to God. They were singing to God. They must have had a concussion. <laughs> they, are, they were suffering from a concussion, and that's the reason they were acting. <laughs> no, no. They were filled with faith in God, filled with love for God, and filled with the Spirit of God. And so, after they prayed... They and. See, this is where some, some of you may be missing it. After you pray, there's an and. Pray and. You know, I've made this point before. You know, if you were making a, a, a cake of some kind, you know, chocolate cake or whatever kind it is, you know, and you got the flour. It said, you know, so many cups of flour. Well, I got the flour. Man, I got the flour. We put that in the pan. We pop that thing in the oven. Boy, you're going to have a good cake, aren't you? Don't send none to my house. Well, I got the flour. It called for flour. God says to pray. I prayed. (laughs) You need to and. There needs to be something added to it. And what? They praise God. They sing praises to God. Listen, if they could praise God in this situation, you mean to tell me you can't praise God in your situation? Have you been beaten? Have you been put in jail? 
Well, listen, we ought to be able to praise God in our circumstances. Yeah, pray, but pray and. Pray and. Listen, the power twin, I call them power twins of victory. They prayed and. See, when you pray, it's not just some religious exercise. I'm talking to God about a situation in my life. God hears me. I believe He hears me. Therefore, I know the deliverance, the answer is mine, and so I can start praising Him for it. The children of Israel praised before the walls fell. Anybody can shout after the walls are down. I mean, the world can do that. And yet we won't think we're so spiritual. <laughs> you need to pray, and if you're, even if you feel like you've been blooded by your circumstances, you need to praise God. Hallelujah. Why? Because the answer is on the way. Deliverance is mine. God has heard my prayer. I didn't just pray to make myself feel better. I'm sure after they prayed, their back still bled. They still had a big old knot or two on their head. But they praised God. They praised God. They praised God. And it says, and the prisoners heard them. So they, they didn't just praise God in their heart. Listen, notice what happens here. You know the story, of course. They were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. What a coincidence. There was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. When you pray and... It has the power to break every yoke, loosen every chain, and open any door. But see, if they had prayed and whined, prayed and complained, well, I don't understand it, Paul. I'll tell you what, I thought God for sure told us to come here and preach, but I guess He didn't because, we, we, I mean, we didn't, we didn't get no converts. Everybody just got mad at us. I get, Paul, you just didn't have it today, buddy. Now, you're anointed back over there, but over here, I don't, man, I don't know what's going on, but whoo. And I don't understand it. I mean, we're doing everything we can for God. But this is what we get. They'd still be in jail there. I said they'd still be in jail there. See, some of you, you know, the obstacle comes, the circumstances come, but you stay in them a lot longer than God intended because you're whining. God wants, to, God wants to open the door for you too, but you're you whining. Instead of praising, you're whining. You're complaining. The chains won't fall off. He didn't say, as they prayed and complained and whined and, you know, and shook their fist at God. It happened. No, it didn't. They praised. They gave thanks to God. They remembered who God was, how big God was, that God was with them, God was for them. The circumstances didn't define them. Their faith defined them. you got to let your faith define you. If you don't, the devil will hinder you. I mean, some people, the devil can just put up the, just the slightest little speed bump, and that's it. They sit down right there. Well, I hope God was with me, but I guess he won't. <laughs> this will strengthen you as you go through 
the situation, the hindrance, the trial, it will strengthen you. Amen. And it will enable you to what? Persevere. You Listen, if you're going to get anywhere in the Christian life, you're going to have to learn how to do this. Are you going to stay a baby all your life? You know what a baby does? Ah! Hungry? Ah! Diaper needs changing? Ah! Want to be picked up? Ah! Too hot? Ah! Too cold? Ah! That's his answer to everything, isn't it? This is a baby. And so you see Christians that way. They've been saved for, you know, 20, 30 years. Every time something happens, it's, ah! Don't forget that, will you? And then finally, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's sexual. Expect the Holy Spirit's guidance and health. Real quickly here, I've got to close. Romans chapter 8. Look at this. You're not in it by yourself. But here's the thing. When you whine and complain, it makes it, you think, it'll cause you to think that it's only you and your circumstance. If it was just me and my circumstance, I'd be whining with you. But see, we have to remember, there's someone that's in the furnace with me. Hey, man, I'm not just, not just me in the fire. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, there may be a hindrance there, but I'm going to tell you what. There's somebody with me that's bigger than any hindrance. He's greater than any obstacle. And see, when I, when I praise Him, it makes me focus on Him. But when I whine, it makes me focus on them. <clears throat> Romans 8. Let's read the several scriptures here, two, three scriptures. First, verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. We need to learn to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will show you the way out. The way forward. Show you how to move on. Well, I just thought I'd call you up, Pastor, and you could tell me how. Well, where does it say that at in the Scriptures? Many are led by their pastors. Brother Bruce knows the word. Is that in there anywhere, brother, that you're aware of? Me either. No, it says as many as you're led by the Spirit of God. You need, don't, don't try to depend. No, listen, we're going to pray for you. Don't misunderstand me. We'll do that. But listen, you need to learn to depend on the Holy Spirit. He can do more for you in, in two minutes than I could do for you in two lifetimes. You've got to learn. You've, you, I'm, yeah, I know. It's sure is easier if you got a sugar daddy. See, some people want a spiritual sugar daddy. Pray for me. Get me out of this. Give me some wisdom. Give me some understanding. Tell me what it says. Tell me what to do. And then if you dare to tell them anything, they'll come back. Well, it didn't work. <laughs> but he said, as many as are led by what? The Holy Spirit. You who are believers, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. We are Spirit-filled believers in this, this church. So you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have the Holy Spirit upon you. Listen, He empowers you. He guides you. He teaches you. He will show you the way out, the way forward. Go to Him before you go to them. 
Then in verse 26, it says, in our prayer life, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. It didn't say, the pastor helps us in our weakness. I'm saying this not because I won't help. I will pray for you. I will tell you anything that God's taught me. I'll give it to you freely. But I want to tell you something. God didn't say depend on the pastor. You need to learn to depend on the master. And that and that's the spirit of Christ in you. The spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't always know how what what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself the Spirit Himself. The Spirit Himself. Some people trust my prayers over the Holy Spirit's help. Bad mistake. A really bad mistake. Don't do that. I'll be glad to pray with you. I'm a person who believes in prayer. I pray all the time, like I know many of you do. I pray all the time. I always pray. But I want to tell you what, the Holy Spirit. He knows the mind of the Father. He knows things that we don't know when we pray. We don't know all the parameters. He knows everything. So why wouldn't you go to Him first? Yeah, you you can call me up. I'll pray with you. But go to the Holy Spirit. Train yourself. I want to find out what the... Yeah, I'm feeling weak. Hello, join the human race. Yeah, that's when He... That's when we need Him the most. That's when I go to him the most. When I'm feeling the weakest, that's when I need him the most. He says, in our weakness. If you've got pride and arrogance, he ain't going to help you. You're on your own. He said, he intercedes for us. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And see, if we will do this. Now, see, a lot of people, they get the pastor to pray and other people to pray, but they never do this. But yet they claim this next promise. But you can't claim 28 unless you've first gone through 27. And that's a conjunction, isn't it? Isn't that connecting what was just said with this? We know that all in all things, God works for the good. For those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. But see, if you haven't gone to the Holy Spirit for His guidance, for His help in your situation, you can't claim that. And see, a lot of people will, will they'll quote that verse without quoting the others, and, and you know, it won't be right after that. Every time, right after that, comes the complaint. Well, I know it says, God said, He'd make all things work together for my good, but, Pastor... So I just take them right back over. Have you done this? Yeah, you're calling on me to pray. You're calling on other people to pray. That's fine. But did you do this? Did you do this? Did you seek the Holy Spirit's help? Did you seek the Holy Spirit's guidance? Did you, did you go, those of you who pray in other tongues, the Bible says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh unto God divine mysteries. How much praying have you done about it before you asked me to carry your load? Amen? See, I, I'm going to be here to carry the babies that don't know how. But you that have been in the way all these years. That's what the Scriptures talk, call the early Christians, those of this way. See, you, see right there. <laughs> you, we which are older, 
we what? We carry. We carry our weight. And he's, he says over there in Galatians, you which are spiritual, he said, help carry the weight of the babies, the new converts. But see, in the modern day church, especially here in America, we want to pile it all on the pastor. Boy, I'm telling you, the pastor, pastor can pray. Man, my, my prayer list runneth over. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, here's the thing. You know, I'll be glad to pray. I'll add yours to the list. But I want to tell you something. If, if it were me, I'm just telling you what I'd do. If it were me, I'd do this. I'd go to the Holy Spirit. I, that's what I would do. That's what I do do. That's, when I pray for you, that's what I do. I tell you, but we need to learn to do that for ourselves, don't we? Okay. Let me give you some action points. I've got to close. Let me ask you an obvious question, and this is something you need to be real honest with yourself before God. Do you want to move on? Now, I know that sounds like, well, of course, Pastor. Really? I have a, had a good friend, uh, Gene Lilly. He just recently went on to be with the Lord. He's in his 80s. and uh, uh, Gene used to come and preach here a lot in the early days of this church, and he was responsible for me getting on the mission field and different things. Good, good brother, great brother. Uh, but he was healed of MS. Wasn't it MS? Yeah. He was, he was already bed fast. This was back in the 60s. He was bed fast with MS. He was given up to die and everything. And he's, he, he got healed under the ministry of the Happy Hunters. Anybody remember who they are? You're giving yourself away. But anyway, they, they had a... a uh, a miracle ministry and a healing ministry and so forth. But he was raised up off of that. But he said one of the things he had to overcome for him to receive that was be willing to be made whole. Now, that sounds odd at first. Didn't it? He said, but he said, I had been that way so long. I was so, it was so easy. I could, I could make an excuse for why I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that. And, and people had to wait on me and all of that. He said, and it, it conditioned me. And see, some people get conditioned to their circumstance. And we say, do you want to move on? And in church, we nod our head. But then when we go that, out there to do it, we see that there's obstacles there. There's, there's, there's things that have kept us where we are for so long. And it's going to take some effort by me. I'm going to have to, oh, dear God, I'm going to have to spend some time in prayer with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to have to get in. I'm going to have to get in the Bible. I, you, I, I might have to do so. so that's why I say, do you really want to move on? You've got to be honest with yourself. You know? Because you, there's got to be a follow through. Desire's got to be enough to follow through. Make a faith decision today. Well, I'll tell you what, Pastor. You know what? <clears throat> When February gets here, February, yeah, I'm going to wait for the you know, first of the month. First of the month. First of the month. I'm going to do it. And when February comes, you know what? Man, I, it's, I'm going to wait till it gets warmer weather. You know, when March gets here, it's spring. I mean, man, everything's starting a new day. I'm going to have a new start. You know, we, we can, we, we, we're just good at it, aren't we? Man, I just got to get this one thing, then, then I'm going to do it. I just got, you know, I'm working on this project at work, and it's taking so much of my time. I'm going to do it, though. 
And then finally, rely upon the help of the Holy Spirit. Listen, church, it's so imperative. I hope the day never comes where we can't freely get together like this. But you know, there are a lot of places in the world where you can't. So what do they do? I mean, you know, you know, Paul would go to a place and he'd be there for anywhere from six months, a year, maybe the longest he was anywhere, as I remember, maybe three years at Ephesus, and about that long at Corinth. But most of the time, he was just in. He preached the gospel. He would stay there for a while, and then he moved on. You know, and when he'd write a letter, you know, it was about trusting the Holy Spirit. Trusting the Holy Spirit. We need to learn to rely. Listen, he won't let you down. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know, Pastor. I, I just don't. I, I understand. Every one of us, when we started out, we just that way. I, but you know, you, you you start, you begin. Take some time. Just get in your prayer closet, your prayer room, or wherever it is that you get alone, spend time with God, and just just take some time to worship. Talk to God about what's facing you. Spend some time worshiping, him, and then just just get quiet. And wait on wait on the Holy Spirit. You know when the the, the hundred and twenty. Remember when they were in the upper room? You know what? You'll know when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. I said, you'll know it. I said, you'll know it. I mean, you know, when the Holy Spirit came on them, they knew it. The Holy Spirit didn't move on them and say, wow. I wonder if that was the Holy Spirit. No, they knew that was the Holy Spirit, didn't they? And you can know it too. You will know it. Trust me. You will know it. Don't trust me. Trust God. He's the one that said that. Hallelujah. Well, bow your heads. I've got to pray. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.